This episode of Actors with Issues is brought to you by Audible. For a free 30-day trial and a free audiobook, visit audibletrial.com actors. Welcome back to another episode of Actors with Issues. I am your host, Juan Ayala. Today's guest is actor and producer Michael Patrick Lane, who you may know from the CW's Dynasty, the CMT series Sun Records, and the upcoming films Rekindling Christmas and Redemption Day. Michael talks to us about the importance of truly mastering your craft as an actor, expanding a roster of skills, and how to get over that dreaded career slump. Now, guys, seriously, Michael has such a massive wealth of knowledge about the industry from his years of experience working on a number of network TV and film sets, and I'm so excited to have him on the show to share all that he knows with all of you. Now, please enjoy this conversation with Michael Patrick Lane. So you mentioned that you decided to pursue acting professionally at age 21. Now, what made you come to that decision? Yeah, you know what? I did stage work all the way from seven years old until around 17. And then I mm-hmm. let it go because I thought to myself, this is impossible. And I had a girlfriend who also believed it was impossible and that I needed to be a doctor or an architect or something that mm-hmm. made mm-hmm. real money. And, and I was like, you know what? You're, gosh, you're probably right. So um, I was miserable for about four years. And luckily, she cheated on me and uh, went with the other guy who ended up being a baseball player and then well, that whole thing went south, too. But it really left me alone for four years <laughs> to try to decide what my life needed to look like. And um, mm-hmm. I dabbled in other things and was like, what am I doing? I need to go back to acting. And there was an acting competition that uh, a woman named Nikki Peterson in Texas was putting on uh, for New York. And uh, so I went to a big competition with a few thousand other people and uh, competed and then got scholarships and followed that rabbit hole. Wow. And um, eventually for your... Uh, you mentioned your first SAG gig was The Blacklist and that you were on a bit of a hot streak um, with with some of those bookings prior to that. Um, now, because you sort of had a hot streak early on, did you get the idea that it was going to be that consistent, like, forever? That you're like, okay, sweet, like, this is what it's like, so let's go. Or um, Or did you know already sort of, like, I'm lucky that this much is happening? You know what, every single time because I've, I've been fortunate enough to have more than one hot streak at this point in my life. And I, mm. you know, every single time I think, okay, cool. Got it. This is how it's going to be. And now I'm ready for the next level. And then, you know, I don't know what it is. I don't know if I put too much uh, trust in like letting my team do everything for me. And I just wanted to focus mm-hmm. on the craft or, or what it was, or I'm not sure, but uh, I always, far too often I lost momentum and now I'm learning how to operate with momentum in a different way. But yeah, I totally thought, cause I went, gosh, man, I, it took me eight years to book that, that co-star, you know? Hmm. So it was not a, a fast thing for me. I booked a lot of non-union and I trained like a beast and I was a really good actor by the time I booked it. Mm-hmm. But um, it's hard to show off really great acting whenever you're doing it for two lines. But uh, then when that happened, yeah, and then I signed with Paradigm for commercials. And then I had booked one national commercial. And then I was getting married. And then I booked another huge national commercial, like a Class A that did run um, for V8. While I, like, just after I booked Blacklist. And then I booked, a, you know, from Actors Access, a Lifetime movie, just like a day player. Mm-hmm. But all with, like, mm-hmm. recognizable 1990s TV stars. 
And um, I did think that it was going to keep going. And then uh, it drastically slowed down. I couldn't even get the right agent with it. It was crazy. Uh, yeah. And, you know, um, with commercials, I mean, you know, a lot of people sort of are start gunning for commercials because it's um, sort of a not necessarily low risk, but lower work, high reward for the size of the paycheck. You're not working as much, um, you know, to get sort of a class A national commercial paycheck you would have to do a lot of television work <laughs> to get that same number um so when you hit those slumps or those plateaus um what did you do in order to get over those was it um or really what what changed the or what um what sort of sparked that shift for you was it something that someone said was it a change in mindset was it um, a different approach to how you were uh, handling your career like you mentioned before um focusing a lot on craft and sort of letting your team do, do everything else. Um, what was it that, that sort of uh, changed the game for you after each of those um, sort of slumps? Man, you know what? I think the, the one common factor it always gets back down to is, is for me, it's been whenever I get pissed off enough to just say, fuck it and go for it, whatever it is, and just get rid of obstacles and then create a, a mindset that's more based on finding a way or making a way. Whenever I get back to that and I can just keep moving to that, and when I find enjoyment in developing new skills rather than reaching you know, the lofty goals, but also applying those skills to create like and get to the next goal you know mm -hmm. and it's it's also knowing what i have direct control over and what's just complete magic you know yeah and if i can focus more on the things that i know i can do that will move me towards my end goal that's where some magic is because then at least you're on a path and then if you're on a path other paths will present themselves if you're plugged into doing the work even if it doesn't present itself right away but usually what I found is that I need to get better at something to unlock the next level. And I don't even realize what the next level is. I think I know what it is. But as long as I'm focusing on where I want to go and I'm taking daily smart, intelligent action towards that, um, it's good. And as long as I'm not just plugging in the motivation, but I'm actually getting resources from actors or successful people who are actually sharing, well, these are the steps I took to get there, or that's more actionable than just mm -hmm. like the lofty vision. So anytime I got fired up enough to say, you know, fuck this, let's just go with it. And also I'm just as good as the, the person I'm standing next to, whether it be producer, actor, director, writer, which I'm doing all these things now. And whatever mm -hmm. that is, I have to realize that I'm really great at other things in my life too. I'm a great actor and I can get better and I will. And that's where my focus goes next. I'm not great at writing yet, but I'm way better than some because I write from the heart. I don't know how to produce yet and people want to hide their information, but at the same time I'm producing and I am able to do certain things really well, you know, but don't judge yourself on what you can't do now. Level up on those skills. But what I judge myself on now is that fuck the fact that some jerk decided that I wasn't a good actor. 
you know, or acting isn't as valuable as producing or whatever else. And that, you know, we're easy to manipulate. It's like, no, 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 actually mm. not many people can do what I do on my level. And it's like that offers value. And each actor should be able to say that and then shore up on their strengths, double down on your strengths. And also like I eat really great. I have great health. My, I have great relationships. I'm honest. I live with integrity. If you start measuring your self-worth, anytime I measure my self-worth more on like, oh, yeah, that's right. I am enough. I am enough. And not just mm. because I'm an actor, but because I'm a fucking phenomenal person. And I talk to people with honesty and I shoot straight and I don't manipulate and cheat people, which a lot of people in this industry, unfortunately, have. That helps me. Because it's empowering. And then it trusts, it gives you trust and faith that, oh yeah, being an actor and a good man should be more than enough. Let me keep at that. And then I'll learn this other stuff as well, as long as it doesn't distract from what it is I really want. That's beautiful, man. Really, because you like, you know, like you, like you just said, a, a lot of people think that you have to like claw your way to the top and manipulate people and take advantage of people. And I've never had that approach because um, I'm the only artist in my family and uh, the only sort of mentality I had about life was work hard. Uh, I, you know, I come from a working class family of immigrants uh, and, you know, they worked for every single thing that they have and that, um, yeah, that's, that's always been my mentality is just do the work and there you'll get results. And it's not just, do the work but like excel and exceed in it because i know some people that do like the bare minimum and then they start wondering they say like i'm doing everything every uh you know i'm doing everything that everyone says you're supposed to do as an actor and i'm like well what else are you doing <laughs> you know it's like um i i f have found that actors can sort of tend to pigeonhole themselves a bit as well i know a lot of theater actors who are like oh i have no interest in doing tv or film or people say i only want to do commercials and i'm like why are you pigeonholing yourself this industry already pigeonholes us uh in terms of type uh you know in our archetypes and stuff like that so uh what do you have to say about that about the sort of how many actors can sometimes box themselves in in an industry that already does that um it blocks you yeah i mean i'm reading a I'm reading for the third time an acting book um, called The Actor and the Target, which is more mm -hmm. Russian and more um, like British style like training, um, mm -hmm. more so than American. And it, it talks about having a target and that target is external. And often we can get gunked up going through all the internal stuff and uh, it blocks us. So just like any time that, oh gosh, um, anytime, uh, here's the best example. I thought that I wanted to look, I just, man, it's hard. I was just going for TV and film in New York the first eight years. Mm. And, uh, I was meeting casting director for casting director. I was in classes every single week without fail. I did not visit my family for three years. I stayed in New York holidays, everything. I worked my ass off, went massively in debt twice. Um, and uh, I tell you what I ended up doing was as soon as I said, you know what, screw it. Let me go on some non-union commercials. And then I started booking non-union commercials. Um, and then I started reallocating those funds to more legit stuff. And it still wasn't working. 
but there was a 10-week acting class for commercials, and I was getting some success in commercials because I decided, all right, let me just get in front of a camera other than short films and non-union features and stuff like that, and let me just see if I can bring in some money because at least there's money there. And I'll just mm-hmm. use that money to, you know, move forward and what I, I want. But what's been crazy was um, as soon as I did that, it was like five, six, seven non-union commercials. And then I took this 10-week acting class with David Cady, who's a very sweet man. And then at the end of that, I met Doug Keston from Paradigm. And I was coming off of a, a non-union Asus computer campaign to where mm-hmm. they gave me like, you know, a half page of dialogue. And then the night before, it gave me three separate two and a half minute spot of dialogue. Jeez. <laughs> but, you know, with eight years of training on top of a decade of stage before that, um, I crushed it. And for $500, yeah. I gave them three freaking spots. But it really <laughs> made me believe in myself. Like, holy shoot, I can do anything. I just went off book and recorded. And it's great. Like eight pages of dialogue dressed as Aquaman. And like other crazy things. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, and then I took like a non-union movie and I decided, you know what, I'm not going to go to the hotel. I'm going to sleep on the battleship for this non-union movie because um, we were doing it at a Navy Navy yard. And there were some old World War Two vessels and me and like a group of guys bought a b- bottle of Jack, like Jack Daniels and slept on the boat. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, it was fun because I was living a life, you know, and um, then I told that to Doug Keston over at Paradigm. And I showed him the Asus computer, which already had like a million views. And then it was just such an easy shift over. And then I, you know, only did two national commercials with them and had several callbacks. But I only did tag commercials for a year before I left it completely um, to pursue mm. TV film in a different market. But um, but I tell you what, if I hadn't have done that, I wouldn't have the money to produce my first short, which I ended up not trying to get distribution. But I said, holy shoot this would be great for my reel and I used it and it's brilliant <laughs> and uh, it's not on my reel anymore, <laughs> but it was like, and I got to hire actors and I got my first taste of producing and I wrote that script. And you know, that's what I allocated that 25 grand to that I made for my V8 plus the cost of living. And I just lowered the amount of shifts I was working as a waiter, you know? Yeah. So, and even now it's, you know what? I'm hitting dead end. So it's like, let me get in the indie market. Okay, let me read books I'm producing. And then I just had my first associate producer credit. And I'm pro- and the only reason I got that is because I'm producing an, a feature. Um, and then through Fallout, I opened up to get another associate producer role. And then on top of that, I got to act in that movie. And we were the, one of the first movies out of the gate for COVID um, that like wow. successfully finished. First SAG after films to like do it and successfully do it. Um, and we just got a article on IndieWire for that. And then I'm producing at a studio and none of this stuff is comfortable. And honestly, some of it, like people hide stuff and don't share everything because they need to be focused on what they're doing. But if you want to go after something, it's up to you. If you want to procure the knowledge to get way outside your comfort zone, mm-hmm. but the, it's good to break, not pigeonhole yourself because it opens you up to other opportunities and the more value you offer it's great but another thing about that i'm just going to expand on this one more time everything i do is mm-hmm. a monologue here but like when you open right. yourself <laughs> up other opportunities will come and it will lead you back to where you think or thought you wanted to go or where you're meant to go here's the mm-hmm. trick the more you do for other people and learn other sides of the business 
it can help you for sure. But one thing I've noticed in my own life is that sometimes that's not what I'm meant to be doing. And or maybe sometimes it is what I'm meant to be doing, but I've learned what I needed to learn to move forward and what I want to do again within my acting. You know, so I'm seriously looking at like, all right, cool. I've got a couple producer credits now. I'm looking at a third. Is this, you know, is this where I want to go next? Or do I need to mm -hmm. focus on my writing and then keep showing up on my acting, which I miss practicing alone in my house and watching movies, you know, and I don't do that anymore because yeah. I've been focused on understanding and literally producing things and getting good at that or figuring out what the hell don't I know that people aren't telling me that I don't know and how can I figure that out? And it's so much guesswork, man, if you don't have something or someone to model. But break yeah. your comfort, gosh darn it. It's the only reason that I am still standing. <laughs> and after Dynasty, it's the only reason that I've kept booking movies in the past two years. None of those have come from my agents. It's come from breaking the mold, getting a few auditions, which I'm so grateful for. And I need to book on the next one. But also, I've continued to work because I've used my momentum and, you know, made my reel to where it's really professionally done and it costs a lot, but also like trusting that I'm a really good actor and I, off and I offer value and let me see if I can offer value in other things. And it's been nothing but uncomfortable, but I've kept working because of it. I love that. It's been nothing but uncomfortable because like you said, it's, it's a ton of guesswork and that's what, that's definitely what this industry is. There's no one uh, linear path to success as an actor. There is like a basic checklist of the things that you need um you know headshots training you know all, all of these like a few of the, the most basic things that that an actor needs to at least try and get started but yeah it's so much trial and error and guessing and experimenting and seeing what works and what sticks i know people that started out wanting to be actors and then they wrote a really funny short and produced it and now they're working at studios as producers and are making their living as producers and and, and things like that you know it's um you have to be a jack of all trades. Even some of the biggest names in Hollywood do more than just act. A lot of them end up directing films because they've worked with so many directors. They have, um, uh, they have a very strong grasp on what a director needs to do. Um, or, or in terms of producing, if it's a, a project that they want to star in, they know that they have to also be the producer of. Like um, The Morning Show with Jennifer Anderson and Reese Witherspoon. They're both executive producers on that. Um, as well as the stars and are winning awards left and right for it, um, probably wouldn't have gotten made if it wasn't for them because it's uh, probably a concept that they had or that they went to Apple TV with. And that's definitely something that I think actors have to have to realize. You know, we have to wear many hats, and you have to get um, you have to get used to going to all these different avenues um, first. Um, you talked a bit about finance, and that's something that you wanted to talk on a bit. I don't know if you wanted to expand on that and. Um, just so many actors take the starving artist mentality very seriously. Um, and it's something that's bothered me for ages. People think that the, you know, the more they starve and suffer, the, the higher reward and, um, they end up get, becoming miserable and, um, discouraging themselves because they think like, this isn't worth it. Why do I keep doing this? And then they end up quitting fully. Um, so what's your take on that, on the sort of starving artist mentality and on how uh, an actor can 
can become a bit more savvy when it comes to finance? Well, it depends what stage you're at, uh, for one. But I think having cash flow and having a surplus of cash flow to where you're not living paycheck to paycheck and you can put stuff in savings account is the way to go. Now, there's I'm not even there right now. I mean, I, I have been just because I'm off residuals, but it really depends on being honest about what stage you're at. And I want to piggyback mm-hmm. off what we were talking about of being a jack of all trades and I'll tie it in with finance. Mm-hmm. All sure. those people that you mentioned who are able to do the great stuff, um, they got really great. Not necessarily outstanding mm-hmm. or exceptional, but at least past good, but really great at at least one thing. A lot of people out here that I've met, especially in L.A. Um, and New York and everywhere, but um, they start making stuff before they're good, before they're great. Or I don't know if they're blind to it or I don't know if they think they're good or I'm not sure what it is, but they haven't developed the skill set like for real, for real mm-hmm. to be really good, like great. I, I want you to be great. And it's hard to find the people who really succeed, I think, are the people who spend enough time to get great at something. And then when they're hitting the wall again and again, and they're like, I can't fix this with the same mind that got me into this problem. I need to go a different way. Then you can afford to let go of some of the time allocation of developing skills and classes and then learn a new craft while occasionally gently tapping on the thing that you were already great at. And maybe you won't be really great when you come back. Maybe you'll just be great, but then you'll be good at something else that will feed into it and offer more value in the industry. But then I tell you what, you need to get back to being really great and then move to outstanding as soon as the, that wall crumbles because you got good at producing or writing or you're getting pitch meetings because all that's momentum. But a lot of people spend their time getting decent or just good at something. And then mm-hmm. they'll go do the next thing and then the next thing. And they never have the, the tenacity and resilience to get great, outstanding, or exceptional at something. And it's something that I have to be very honest with myself. Now, here's where it ties into finance. If you are listening to this and, you know what, check this out. Right now, we're in COVID. Most of these people who are listening to this who are exceptional are getting unemployment. Hopefully... You're not spending all of it on, I mean, you can spend it wherever you want, but hopefully some of it you're saving so that you have a little bit of longevity in front of you to where like, if you want to pick up a new skill set and you haven't yet finished your script or you haven't yet downloaded the program to help you line produce to understand finance and a film a little better before you go on to produce something, or you haven't read two, three, four, five producing books or two, three, four, five writing books, you need to, you know, you have a little bit of leniency right now at this time, you have time right now and you still Mm -hmm. have time to get good at something. And if you immerse yourself in one thing for three weeks and you just go balls to the wall, eight to 10 hours, 12 hours a day at that one thing for three weeks, you'll get good at it. You'll probably get decent, but if you really go for it, you'll get good enough to either take that and, apply that skill somewhere to where like get good at screenwriting and then write for the next six weeks, you know, or mm-hmm. read, acquire knowledge nonstop eight to 12 hours a day on producing and then pick up a script 
figure out how to apply those skills on a script that's already done. Don't spend the money except on like whatever programs you need to line produce and then produce and then figure out how to option a script. People don't do the invisible work and it's the same darn thing with acting. So that's right now. We all have the blessing of time. You just need to decide to get good at one thing and go for it. And if you are good at a couple of things in this industry, then pick the thing you're meant to be doing. Don't be scared of it. And if it's acting, then go get exceptional at it. If you've already written a couple of scripts and those are ready to pitch and you think they're great and maybe you can outsource it to other writers, you know, and figure out how you're really doing and pay them, pay them with your COVID money. Um, <laughs> then man a woman up, put your armor on, take it off or whatever it takes and uh, get exceptional at acting and go back to doing the things by yourself and with teammates on Zoom or wherever, with, you know, but do the work on your own and get great at it. Yeah. Now, when COVID is over, I go back to this. If you're a beginner actor and you're not getting SAG-AFTRA auditions the way you'd like to be on the daily, go get a high-paying nine-to-five job and get great at what you're doing by taking traditional classes or meeting some casting directors as well. That's a good, decent way to do it. But not if you're not freaking in real classes, not the Actors Connection stuff. Right. Yeah. I need you in real freaking classes. If you're like me and you listen to a lot of podcasts, you'd probably love listening to audiobooks. I'm thrilled to be partnering with Audible, the leading provider of audiobooks and spoken word entertainment. Titles range from popular fiction to literature and biographies to health, wellness, and everything in between. For a free 30-day trial, visit audibletrial.com actors for a free audiobook. Once you become a member, you get one credit each month for an audiobook of your choice and two free exclusive Audible originals. To all of my actors listening, I highly recommend you check out the book the Actor's Life, A Survival Guide, written and narrated by Jenna Fisher, best known for playing Pam on The Office. Jenna gives an in-depth look on her career from fresh-faced Hollywood newcomer to struggling actor to the star of a network television show. She also has a ton of industry information that would help any and every actor new or already in the deep end and how to navigate this crazy industry. For a free 30-day trial, head to audibletrial.com actors. That's audibletrial.com slash actors. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Is there anything that you feel that actors neglect um, in terms of how to handle their career? Quickly, I think that there's, you know, one is definitely training after college. If people went to college for drama or if they have their BFA, BFA in, in musical theater or whatever it is, um, a lot of people think, well, I have my degree. Like I, I know my shit. I'm, I'm, I'm good. What well, I have to take more classes for? I have my college degree, and you know they fall into sort of the same mistake that I had made as all is not getting back in an acting class until years later. 
when there's years missed of potential opportunity of, of networking, of getting reps and, and booking and auditioning and all of that. Um, but yeah, is there anything that you feel that actors neglect? Uh, at least in the early yeah. stages of their career or even later. Yeah. All stages, humans all do it. People aren't honest with themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I mean by that is you have to listen to what you don't want to do. You have to listen to that thing that like, Oh man, I should really do that. And that you like, you know, smush down. I'll be like, no, 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 maybe not. Or, or maybe later. Or, oh no, probably this other thing. We all want to be comfortable as human beings. And if we don't really examine the things that make us uncomfortable and see if we need to, and just go that direction, if we don't want to do something, we should probably be doing it, whether it costs too much money or whether it feels awkward, we should probably be doing it to grow and expand because new things will open up. And that's what actors and people in general don't do. And it's, it's the same thing you were talking about, about pigeonholing yourself. People get comfortable. Mm. I get comfortable and I have to break it all the time. That's the thing. Yeah, for sure. I'm, um, gosh, you're saying so many good things. I'm just trying to wrap my head around so much of it. It's so philosophical, um, dude. <laughs> Bro. If you need me to get specific on anything, I will too. But like, honestly, I mean, it's, it's just, it's that simple, man. The, the shit that makes mm. you uncomfortable that you don't want to do is normally the things that you need to do. So like, I know for a fact, I want to get back in acting classes. Now, I know where my momentum is. I know that I have a film that I can produce if I want, and I'm questioning if I still want to work with that team because I always assess when things go right mm-hmm. or wrong. Is this right for me? Because it's so tempting to just be like, oh, yeah, my producer credit, my first real producer credit. But then it's like, all right, is this really the direction I need to go? And then you have mm-hmm. to assess where you're at and then plug it in to where you really want to go but also realize when you're just being a scaredy cat and you're running away from what you really want by saying yes or no to certain things. So the moment you can get honest with yourself and the moment you cannot hide by using whatever your vices are, pizza, drugs, alcohol, working out, procrastination, social media, whenever you can clear your mind enough, consistently enough, You'll know which direction is most uncomfortable. And when you go that way, that's where the magic is. Finding those little moments of, of magic is sometimes when, when it's a rarity, you, it's almost like you're on a high and you want more and you want more and you want more. And it's, you know, we have to face the facts that they're not going to come as often as we would like, but we have to do everything we can to, to, to get them as often as we can. Because as, as you said earlier, um, there's so many things out of our control uh, as an actor, especially uh, in the uh, in terms of not auditioning, but in terms of booking, because the audition is entirely in your control. It's the one thing we have control of is you got an audition. Great. This is 100 percent reins in your hand. And, um, you know, you don't you might not get booked for. Yes, it could be performance, but it could also be one of a thousand other other factors it could be you look too much like uh one of the other leads you don't look enough like the person playing the character's mom too tall too short with too many blondes in the show hair is too curly you know we don't like the facial hair you know a thousand things um but you know the one thing that is in our control is our skill and um at the end of the day that's that's really what it comes down to yes we have to know how to market ourselves but 
you know, you can only market yourself so much. You do hit a, a sort of limit with that eventually. Um, you also mentioned um, in, in the little question that it sent, um, talking about joy. Um, and what about that is it that, that, that you want to say? Because I feel like actors may not, because of the either the starving artist mentality or the stress they put upon themselves, they may not find those little moments of joy that we need that could really be sort of uh, keep our head on our shoulders. Um, so what can you say about that, about joy? Well, as you can tell from the tone of my voice and the somewhat lecturing thing in, in this tone in my, <laughs> my thing, um, I've been through a lot within the past couple of months and I've really put myself out there. So, um, so I need, I needed a lot of joy, uh, especially more recently because, but first I had had to hit anger. And I'm still letting that anger mm -hmm. kind of flow through me because you need that fire. Another question, whenever you don't book that role that you should ask is, was I just not good enough? Or, man, I felt like I sucked. If you felt like you were good enough, thank God you have a direction to go. Go get better. So that's a question actors mm -hmm. don't ask themselves. I might not have been good enough. Great. Cool. Go get better. Um, right. That's a big thing. And every aspect. Producers need to get better. Director of photographers need to get better. Directors need to get better. You know, it's across the board, man. Trust me, we're all equal here. We're all figuring it out. Um, when it comes to joy, you know what, dude? I'm right now, it changes all the time. But I'm right now really enjoying just feeling however I'm feeling and being okay with it. And then like joyously moving forward in my life. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm... You know, if it's me getting married, so my relationships, that's amazing to me. And I'm doing things that are uncomfortable to me. Like, I've been, gosh, we've gone on so many, many vacations. And even, like, our <laughs> wedding tasting is going to be, like, a weekend vacation where we're going to do other things. And we're looking at camping and doing all this stuff that, honestly, makes a workaholic like me uncomfortable. But it's, like, also, that's where the joy is. That's where the fun is and the unknown. So when it comes to joy, dude, as soon as I let go of needing to feel significant or needing to feel like I was enough, which I struggle with still. But whenever I switch that to a growth mindset of no, no, I don't value my significance to somebody else. Does somebody else find me significant anymore? Because I've done that my whole life. Now it's, you know what? I need to grow. I need to get better at everything mm -hmm. I do. And I find joy in that because then it's a skill that I'm growing at. And if I gain value from just skills and then learning how to use those for results, there's some joy in that. And then also, as soon as I let go of certainty, dude, or yeah, certainty and fell a little more in love with uncertainty, that there's some joy mm -hmm. in there because like, I know I need things to be a certain way or I would love a schedule, but then it's like, you know what? Let me just focus on my end result. Let me plan and strategize accordingly, but then just start moving. The thing is start moving. And then it's going to be uncertain what's going to come in my favor. Like I said before we started this interview, my morning was totally not what I expected. I blame myself, mm -hmm. but I was trying to do something new and it totally failed and I lost my momentum. So instead of trying to fight that I went with the tide and I switched what I was going to do this evening into my morning. And then now it gives me a, a second chance to have my morning routine, mm -hmm. but as a night routine. So my working out and my hardcore, like whatever I'm working on acting wise, 
and stuff. That's all night now. So it's that's yeah. where the joy is, dude. It's in people. It's in skill development. It needs to be a little less on and results too. Celebrate all of it. Yeah. But as soon as I like, yeah. As soon as you like figure out like what your programming is, like I'm always asking like, oh, did I do enough or can I, how can I help? What else can I do? And not realizing that, oh, wait, I'm actually enough. But as soon as I let that go and focused on let me get better at the things I'm passionate about, that's joy, you know? So I always end the show with a quick rapid fire round of uh questions going back and forth and uh yeah so let's dive right in uh theater or screen acting screen acting tv or film it's about the same nowadays i like film you get more say time nah, let's say film <laughs> uh drama or comedy drama hero or villain hero what movie franchise do you want to join i'll get back to you on that <laughs> <laughs> uh what's the your uh worst survival job waiter <laughs> If you had the chance to direct any actor, money is no object. Who would it be? Anthony Hopkins. Uh, what's the role that got away? If there's no NDA involved, because I know sometimes I ask that question and people be like, I can't say. <laughs> Haven't got the audition for the role that got away yet. Okay, I like that. Uh, what role did you have the most fun playing? Mm, that's hard. Um, it's, it's a toss-up. Earl Hutchins on Sun Records was really fun and also i really did like ted denard on dynasty hmm. i like both those uh we'd even dive into to, to your experience on those shows we'll have to do another episode <laughs> <laughs> sure what do you got yeah uh you're good you got four more minutes if you want to use them five minutes ask me one <laughs> uh well yeah what uh what uh was there anything that you learned while on set of either of those shows um that you know because were those sort of like your first semi-regular get or recurring gigs yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, I would say SAG after wise. Those are my those are my my two recurring gigs. Um, Sun Records was my first of the seven episode guest star, and uh, I learned so much about camera angle and camera technique. And I tell you what, as soon as I was done with my first day of being on set, I picked up three camera books, like how to act on camera, because I realized I had learned mm -hmm. very little of it. And mm -hmm. um, I would highly recommend that go pick up acting on camera books and then look at the framing and understand framing and then eye lines and that whole thing was crazy learning how to look at the camera right above the lens instead of the actor sometimes you know and like your eye lines need to be yeah. so specific and you're acting with yourself sometimes but you still need to create the target and your objective that sometimes is not on a human and it's, it's weird um and then Dynasty, what I learned was, I learned more, uh, gosh, you know what I learned is, um, Chad Michael Murray tried to tell me this on Sun Records once, and um, he said, keep your head down and just do the work. And he, it was just a casual conversation, because I think I asked him exactly what you just asked me. I don't exactly agree with it, but what I do agree with in that statement and I learned on dynasty and the more I did TV and the more I do like the producing and stuff out here is that whatever you're really good at, get great at it, get exceptional at it and do that. Mm. And then don't try to help other people do their jobs, um, which I've been mm. really guilty of do yours. And then if you want to do that position, then go learn it, get better than the person that, you think is doing a poor job at it, but love them. 
connect with them. Don't offer help to them. Let them ask you if they need it. But I've made far too many mistakes of trying to get really like good at something fast and then offering value to where I'm tapping on somebody else's ego and where the real Mm. lesson I think is, is if it's not the right organization for you or the right TV show, then, you know, do what you said you were going to do, but then get out of it and don't renew your contract and then go to the next thing and develop the skills. And if you want to go do a different job, then go do it, but you better do it better and you better be great at it. And then you can apply more of your skills, but don't try to step on someone else's turf because there is a lot of fear and anxiety in this business. And it's, and it is ego and it is bullshit, but at the same time, the kindest and most empathetic way to think of it is you do hurt other people's feelings when you start trying to help and that's their fault, but it's also your fault if you don't take that energy and put it back into yourself and then give back in that way because a lot of people they'll ask for help if they need it and uh, you will drive people away so take that energy focus it on yourself and then yes go be the good amazing person that you are but have it be your project that's what i've learned i love that um so we've only got time for one more question uh in 10 words or less what advice would you give to a young actor keep falling in love with you and follow your gut from that place. And that concludes today's episode of Actors with Issues with special guest Michael Patrick Lane, who you can follow on Instagram at mpatricklane and follow us at Actors with Issues. If you liked today's episode, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a rate and review wherever you're listening and catch new episodes every Friday. Thanks for tuning in. This is Juan Ayala signing off.